Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. And then upload speeds, those are gonna be increasing massively as well. That's almost the beautiful, the most beautiful part of this is for the people that are uploading stuff into the cloud or emailing large files and things like that. Any of you in video production out there, any of this large data stuff and even gaming, that upload speed changes the game for them. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that's part of the road to 10G. When we say 10G, that's that's up and down. That's not uh, just download speeds. And majority of our network is asymmetrical, but we're getting to symmetrical as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and majority of all the um, of all our uh, utilization is still primarily on the downstream. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we talk about everything around your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to get into some home tech today because this is something that is near and dear to my heart because it's been a lot of times with the National Association of Home Builders talking about everything around the interweb. And we've got uh, Roy Novosel here from Comcast. He is VP of Engineering, and we're going to talk about some speed today, brother. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric, and I love talking about speed, my favorite topic. Oh, man, same here. I'm going to age myself here. Kids will complain about Netflix taking two seconds to <laughs> load up, but I'm going, you clearly never had AOL. Yeah, I've never had to dial, never had to experience dial up. It's got to say, never had to experience it. <laughs> so it's awesome. It's awesome. But you guys have been doing something absolutely amazing, chasing the speed thing. And some companies are sitting there going, this isn't a Comcast Affinity commercial, but you guys are what's applied to my house. And you guys are not just like, oh, we're going to bump it up a little bit. You guys are like going to lightning speed here and you're headed that direction quickly. And I wanted to talk about that today specifically. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. And we'll love to talk about it. So you guys are working towards that 10G, which is amazing because I do a lot of upload, download video, stuff like that. And I have a super fast thing from you guys, but what you guys are doing are planning to do now here, what, towards the end of the year and into next year, and I'm talking 2023 and 2024, that Man, you guys are going to lightning. Oh, <laughs> lightning speed. And there's a lot of terminology confusion out there. Uh, oh, yeah. The average person, you'll see 5G out there from the cell phone companies, and then we're touting 10G. No, in cellular terms, 5G is just fifth generation. That's, yep. And when we refer to 10G from a Comcast perspective, we're talking 10 gigabit technology. And, and that's 10 gigabit technology eventually all the way to your home, which is just... You go back to the AOL days, <laughs> right? It's like yep. it's leagues ahead of that. It's just it's pretty amazing. Just I've, gotten, I've been in the industry for so long. Yeah, I've just seen so many changes, and it, it's just incredible. the The technology leaps that we're taking now are just huge, it's huge. Yeah, and I've got coax cable coming into my house, and I've got one G coming into the house plus nice. definitely one G to my desktop of download, but you guys are working on download and upload too. 
similar to what other companies are doing with fiber optic, but you guys are doing it within your own system. That's correct. So I think that's always been the strength of the industry, in particular Comcast. Yes, we have an incumbent network that we've been maintaining for many, many years. And the, the cool thing about the, our road to 10G that we're calling it is essentially we can do a lot of, I guess you could say, green board swaps, and we just upgrade our outside outside plant equipment. And we're up yep. and running, and we'll be rolling towards 10G. We don't have to do really expensive construction. We don't have to tear up people's yards. It's Ooh. essentially equipment swaps in the field, and we're up and running. And so that's what's unique about the about our industry. We can do this, and we can do it at a quicker pace than any of our competitors. Man, that is awesome because, yeah, you guys are just plugging playing some new hardware. No different than what you would typically do with your normal upgrades that you do anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And not to say that we won't have some light construction here and there. We do at, keep an eye on what we call our utilization in certain pockets of our network. So we may see a need to do some additional build out. But sure. it's going to be, I would say, far and few between, and you'll just see more, uh, more of just, hey, we're going to be out here to do the equipment swap. And customers will be down while we do that, but at the end of the day, they're going to have the future speeds that they're going to need at their home. Yeah, and it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Oh, it's super exciting. And you're talking, we're talking what, like 50 million homes and businesses out there that this would affect. So this isn't like a little project. Oh no, <laughs> no, across the company, yeah, across the company is going to be. It, it's pretty monumental. And, and I don't know if you follow some of the ongoings specific to the cable industry, but we've tested the back office for this already. It was highly successful. We have some new equipment that we're putting out in the field that is just pretty amazing that achieves that speed. And so I'm just excited about the future because we can get 10G majority of our customers will get 10G within the next two or three years. That's pretty amazing. That's faster than I could ever build fiber to the home. Yeah. Um, and not that we don't build it. We build it when when we have an opportunity and it's cost. Sure. We do it. But we have this incumbent network that's just huge. And yeah. you, you just it's extremely hard just to say, hey, I'm going to rebuild it fiber to the home. It, it's an expensive venture. Let's put it that way. Uh, especially on that scale. And that's the one thing with the fiber guys. They've been always, you know, I won't say everyone has. But if I look at the mailers that show up in my mailbox, are the guys that are trying to hit me up all the time. They're always like, oh, yeah, you can never do that with coax cable. <laughs> Hold my beer. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hold my beer and I'm going with minimal interruptions. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think there there's trade-offs in every architecture, right? Of course. And so, you know, coax is a lot of folks think about it as old twisted pair or, or old wiring, but it's really... It's just a medium of how we get services to our to to our customers and yep. it's served us well for a very long time and they'll continue to do and I think when it comes to fiber to the home, we absolutely build our we build fiber to the home as well too. When you have an incumbent network that's been out here and we're we're already servicing customers, how do you do that from a cost effective perspective and get them the speeds that they need for the future? And I think we can do that extremely well and get there fast. And, and quite honestly, I think the customers of the future don't even think about how it gets delivered. Yeah, fibers, I guess you could say the flashy marketing term. But at the end of the day, when I talk to some of my neighbors, they don't even think about that. They're no, like, they just want Wi-Fi to work. They just talk about Wi-Fi. It's, hey, <laughs> how fast is my Wi-Fi going to be in the home? And that's really probably the 
in their minds and the customers' minds the importance of their service just working, right? Yeah. And we have to get to 10G because we got a long, we're trying to get 10, 20 years of, in front of the mm -hmm. customer. I think that's one thing that why we were so successful during COVID and and a lot of folks working from home. We're, I'm pretty proud that we, as a company, we always try to stay five, 10 years in front of the trends. And we do speed upgrades year after year. And many times, it, it probably arguably, you know, even though you got one one gigabits to your home, I'd venture to guess you probably don't overutilize that link. No, and, I mean, no, yeah, no I don't so overuse really it. Yeah. The future, right? Like yep. in, in five years, you're going to need that. But do you need it now? Maybe. I, I use a fair amount of it. You have in your home, right? <laughs> I think I did a count. I've got 45 smart home devices in my home because I do a lot of, I'm the exception to the rule because I'm testing out all these different things. So yeah, exactly. I think I've got five different brands of light switches. And I don't, I think almost every light switch has got some kind of smart oh, yeah. thing, whether it's doing the lamp or the back porch light or whatever. So it's, that's how I do it. Cause I, before I wanted to use it, I want to test it. I want to see if yeah. it's work. And there's some stuff people have sent me that I'm like, yeah, give a return label. I'm not going to use this. This is not, <laughs> you guys need to do a little more testing on this because it's not ready yeah exactly i have a lot of devices in my home security cameras we got we even have simple things like my stove it can be connected my garage door is connected so oh, yeah. there's numerous things but they don't eat up a whole lot of bandwidth the security cameras do but uh, yeah, I've that's got, i'm viewing it yeah yeah i've got two of two of the xfinity security cameras on my house as well as i have another system uh, that i'm playing with by Deep Sentinel that uses a very high-speed connection that, right. that's super hi-fi. They can talk back and forth, and it's it, fair amount of bandwidth for a security camera just because it's got live guards. But it's one of those things that, yeah, it adds up going down the list. And then if I'm watching out working in the shop and I got Netflix going on and I mean, my cable boxes now, I don't have coax going those because I've got the Wi-Fi yeah. version of those. It's one of those things that just starts to add up over time. Yeah, absolutely. And beyond speed, I think that's what makes us unique in in with our competitors is mm -hmm. our product set. We're just not here to provide you a pipe and you figure it out. Just like security, just like our video platform, our everything's you could you can pull up your cameras on your TV. I'm sure my, my wife loves it when she can just pull me up pull it up on the TV. <laughs> show me my cameras. And I Yeah, I can do this right now and so I think that's what's unique and helps our company stand out in the marketplace. There is a lot of noise out there with competitors and they do talk about speed, but they just don't have the products that work well together. They typically rely on third parties to bring in, to deliver services. Sometimes they put it on the consumer to go buy their own stuff. Yeah. And we bring everything for them and make it work seamlessly together. And so that's, I think that's really a strength, a strength of Comcast. Yeah. One of the things I noticed when COVID hit, I had, I looked really smart because I decided to start doing my radio show here and podcast from home about four months before the whole COVID thing hit. So I looked like I was really smart working from home. I just got lucky. But when it hit, I'm like, oh, I'm doing a lot of video work and uploading stuff. And I was worried about it. And I'm as soon as they started working, there's a middle school down the street here. So I was worried about that taking up bandwidth. And, it, and at first I'm like, oh, it's working slower. That was because the squirrel did something on the pole up there. It had nothing to do with <laughs> bandwidth. I went, I'm going to call and see what's going on. They came out and looked at him and went, yeah, squirrel decided to do some damage. 
can't help Mother Nature. That's just going to happen no matter who it is. But it fixed it. And that's one of the things that I always tell people out there is when in doubt, get a hold of you guys, because it's probably not a a quote unquote bandwidth problem. It's probably a, a line problem or Mother Nature problem. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably the most common misconception with folks is, yeah, while it is, while our network design, and all networks are designed, by the way, or majority are all shared bandwidth, even our competitors, even though yep. it's fiber to the home on some of them, it's still shared bandwidth on the technology. But if you scale the network right and you have the right amount of planning behind it, utilization is not going to be the problem. It's yeah. going to be, yeah, our favorite little squirrels from Mother Nature coming by and blowing something down and it's got some damage that, that we need to find and repair. But one thing that's uh, I've seen the evolution in this technology is just amazing visibility to our network. And I call it, it's just, it's, it makes our network brilliant because the equipment that we're putting out when we swap out equipment and put that 10G equipment out there, it's IP addressable. We can get some amazing visibility into what our network is doing, how it's performing. Without customers calling in, we can detect it and send somebody out there before they even know there's a problem. And so that's, I think that's really a strength of what our company is doing with this technology. It's great. And I want to talk about the 10G for just a minute, because I know a lot of people are going, okay, my 5G on my phone is fast, but they have no idea what 10 gigabit does for them. (laughs) because it's not a relatable thing, right? It's not, it's a speed that no one has experienced yet before in their home network. So how does that change their life as far as speed and usage? And of course, it's always different. Of course, you're always limited by how fast, you know, you can be fast, but how Netflix or Pluto or how anybody else on a streaming platform that you're using, those are, that's now where the bottleneck is versus their connection. Yeah, I think 10G or 10 gigabits for the average user is essentially it's future proofing, future proofing of our network. Of course, there will be folks that will want the, I guess, the brand new shiny object to play with and will order 10 gigabits to play with it. Uh-huh. Um, but for the average user, it could be quite a few years before they feel the need to have that kind of speed. And so, but Essentially, what 10 gigabits is designed for is I'm sure you've heard about the Internet of Things, mm-hmm. hyperconnected devices. It's everything down to your toaster that you want to monitor and report back and so you can see status of. And and while that seems um, crazy to some folks, as our world gets more and more hyper-connected and able to, I guess you could say, monitor it or see how it's performing, even in, in your own home, if you want to see how maybe how your refrigerator is performing mm. with cooling or how much electricity it's using, all those things help enable that 10G world and and those speeds help support multiple devices. Today, we got Netflix, we got streaming, which, and gaming, which does take a fair share of bandwidth, but can certain 10 gigabits certainly is more than enough. I guess to put it in context, many of the 5G towers probably have 10 gigabit backbones. Ah. Yeah. So if if it's enough for multiple users on a cell tower, it's going to be more than enough at at your home. The other thing that people, I just want to let people know out there, and you touched on it, is we've made everything smart that we can inside the house right now. And I say smart with air quotes, just because (laughs) sometimes it's really dumb. And like I've always said, I don't want my washing machine to tell me what the weather's going to be today. I really don't care. But you're going to see now, and these companies are doing this now, is you're going to see your heat pump that's maybe built by train now talking to your Samsung television 
and saying, hey, that's got a temperature sensor in it. What's the living room temp? Because I have an external air temp in that TV and that kind of thing where these things now are going to be interconnected, grabbing data from each other across companies, people that are competitors now, that stuff's going to be talking. Maybe your Electrolux range and your Samsung will start talking together. So that's next generation of things going. And again, that's just another one of those bandwidth things, especially if you have 30 or 40 devices. And now those are all talking within each other. It's a different world. Yeah. And I think I also look at it as a good thing as far as I look at it as this the new check engine light for your devices in your home. I want that trained air conditioning unit to let me know when my Freon's getting low in the middle of July. And I can be proactive about getting somebody out there to fix it. Because if you let something go unrepaired for too long, it costs more to fix it the longer it goes. Yeah. And if you don't if you don't have visibility to what's going on, you don't know if something's broken until it's catastrophic and you're like, ah, oh, geez, now oh, it's yeah. thousands of dollars to repair this. So that's why absolutely strength as this, of this technology. Yep. No question. No question. I have the Sense Home Energy Monitor in my house, just throwing brand names out there, and I can watch and see exactly. I can look on and go, hey, did we leave one of those? Did, did a kid put a space heater on in a room or something like that? Or did I leave something on in the garage? Because I can literally just grab my phone and go, wow, my normal usage right now is high. What am I doing? And right. at the same point, I can look at it and go, wow, that beer fridge out in the garage, it's 20 years old. Comparing that to the fridge inside, it might be cost effective for me to go out and get a new fridge because I'm wasting <laughs> a lot of money on that. Exactly. So I think all those things, while some folks might view it as, why do I want to monitor my refrigerator and when you put it in perspective it's like wouldn't you want to know if your refrigerator is on the fritz you know that yeah it's that like can, all of a sudden somebody left yeah. the door open or exactly or something dumb. thousands of dollars of groceries if you know something's broken on your fridge absolutely and then upload speeds those are going to be increasing massively as well that's almost the beautiful the most beautiful part of this is for the people that are uploading stuff into the cloud or emailing large files and things like that. Any of you in video production out there, any of this large data stuff and even gaming, that upload speed changes the game for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the road to 10G. When we say 10G, that's up and down. That's not just download speeds. And majority of our network is asymmetrical, but we're getting to symmetrical as fast as we can. The majority of all, the, of all our utilization is still primarily on the downstream. We have we do have plenty of bandwidth on the upstream, even on our incumbent network. If we went into COVID before we went down this road with 10. And then upload speeds, those are going to be increasing massively as well. That's almost the beautiful the most beautiful part of this is for the people that are uploading stuff into the cloud or, or emailing large files and things like that. Any of you in video production out there, any of this large data stuff and even gaming, that upload speed changes the game for that. Oh, yeah. yeah, And that's part of the road to 10G. When we say 10G, that's up and down. That's not just download speeds. And majority of our network is asymmetrical, but we're getting to symmetrical as fast as we can. And majority of all the of all our utilization is still primarily on the downstream. We have we do have plenty of bandwidth on the upstream, even on our incumbent network. If we went into COVID before we went down this road with 10G and the network was held up 
was holding up just fine. It put things in perspective, like this conversation we're having just between yeah. the two of us is probably, it's not, it's, I don't think it's even high def, it's probably two or three megabits at a given time. And it's not a lot of movement. The more movement you have, the more bandwidth it takes. Sure. I try not to move around, but. <laughs> As I'm dancing around over here, you can't see me. <laughs> so even when I remember I, Working from home, my wife and my son were. It's the upstream bandwidth that I had in my home was was holding up just fine, even though it wasn't symmetrical speeds. Tested. We're going to be rolling out a lot of it next year, which will get us that that high multi gigabit symmetrical speeds. Yep. So today, the upgrades we're doing, I call it a two putt. We're going to get you the next generation of speeds. We've already started offering two gigabits down and 200 up to the customers we've, we've, we've upgraded already in the network. Nice. But as soon as Doxus 4.0 is ready for the, which is going to be ready next year. By the yep. way, we've already tested some of the equipment in live and our live network, in different parts of the company. Once That's we start awesome. rolling out that technology, it's just going to be a flick of the switch. And it'll go from two gigabits down to multi-gigabit symmetrical speed. It's pretty incredible. and That's exciting. And, and really what's going to gate some of the speed offerings is really what the home can perform, right? We don't want to oversell things where a consumer feels like they're not getting value for their money. So while we're certainly probably have some really high top speeds, we also want to make sure that we right size it for customers that may not want it. Yeah. And if you look at like TV technology out there, it seems we're getting every year there's a new TV out. So all of a sudden that 780p was like, woo, and then 1080 was, now it's 4K is like the new standard. You didn't get the right TV if you didn't get 4K. And then I've had, I've done video shoots where the guy shows up with the 8K camera and I'm like, okay. I don't have a way to watch that, but that's super cool. You guys have to size everything because if all of a sudden everybody's doing a, a 4K download, that's a lot of data compared to that 1080p. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we have 4K boxes today. So yeah, I have our, one. our network handles it just performs brilliantly with those yeah. devices. And my favorite ones are the wireless boxes. I have a couple of them in my house. and I got one know, right here four feet away from me. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Works great. Exactly. And it allows so much flexibility to our, our customers and homeowners where if they want to put a TV out by the fire pit for the night, watch the game, they can do that. Even had a unique situation where my neighbor had, when they built the house, they put a nail through the coax cable in the wall. And the guy was like, hey, it's probably going to be two or $300 to have an electrician rewire. And I was like, I just told my neighbor, say, just get one of our wireless boxes. You don't have to worry about it. Don't pay for yeah. the rewire. Just slap one of these in there and that it's, it's interesting that some of our customers aren't aware of some of the product sets we have so many different product sets sometimes it's hard to make sure yeah. they're educated on all of them but that's what's i think the strength of our company is the unique product sets that we have and the flexibility we have in our network and the options we have for our consumers yeah i've got a i've got that wireless box here in my studio here when i want to watch the game out in our outdoor kitchen out there i don't leave a wireless box out there because it's in the weather and it's it's not yeah. it's not conditioned space so i just unplug it out of here real quick go out there plug it in beautiful yeah. doesn't know any different and exactly. then the party's over cool okay let's bring it back in and we can watch the game out there or whatever else is going on and it's awesome but yeah that's I loved it when I moved into this place a couple of years ago because I was like, oh man, I got to run all this coax because 
None of the boxes are in the rights. It was just, everything was wrong. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I just need to make sure I'm running one to my main place for my modem. And that was already there. And everything else, it it saved me hours and not have to sit there building coax cable crimpers and doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, and it's easier from a a maintained perspective when we just have one device in the home. And a lot of our apps will help consumers install it for themselves. We we have a a lot of our devices are self-help. And then we also, I'm sure you've seen them, our pods. So if you have a home that's, that's... Bigger than normal, you got some dead mm-hmm. speed. The pods help you get that interaction. And so it's just, and it makes it easy with our app. You just scan the QR code. It's just, it's, it's simple. Plug, they make, Comcast has made it so simple from an app perspective to add things to your network that you want to add and seamlessly just get it online and move on with your day. So, yeah, I went to wireless mesh network in my place. I, I have the pods, but I quit using the pods because I wanted to go with a super high speed mesh network because out here, for instance, and this is where you have to think about within your home of where you're putting things, because maybe that fireplace gets in the way. My problem was, is this is a 1977 house. So I have foil backed insulation <laughs> which is awesome for Wi-Fi. And then I've got exterior wall, fire door, HVAC, laundry between me and my hub. So I went, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to run mesh system. I ran cat cable out to my garage, hooked the mesh into that. And yeah. now I've got everything outside on this side of the house is great. But yeah, at first it was hard to penetrate through the exterior wall and that foil backed insulation works decent for heat, but thanks 1977. That was not the best thing for dealing with. That's for the metal barrier there to go through the house. I appreciate it. That's right. Yeah. And not to beat up on our competitors too much, but a lot of our wireless competitors are using a lot of at-home wireless network. They could be quite honest that it could be extremely unreliable in the home when you have different building types. It's going to beat a wire connection to the home. I want to make sure my home is has all the insulation it needs so I'm not wasting money on energy. But when you do that, a lot of that technology that you put in the home to for your, like you said, the foil backed insulation, wireless RF does not like that. And nope. uh, it'll block the signal in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I first started playing with it. I'm like, oh, this was a good idea until now. And I'm like, okay, what are my yeah. options? And I finally just went, okay, I'm running a cable out here from the XFi system and take it out here and just run it out. Let's do it right and uh, make it high speed. And that way I can run that off there. And then all my exterior stuff has got that. So I'm outside the envelope of the foil insulation. So I can do my other, my outside cameras and all that other stuff can grab it. No problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As a company, we offer 5G on our Xfinity mobile, but it's more of a complement to our service and not a replacement for a wired service into your home that it's going to be hyper-connected with multiple devices in the future. Yeah, you yeah. Just, it's hard to get that bandwidth off a cell tower compared to just that hardwired connection. Yeah, and it's, it can be tough to for us planning for our network. We know how many homes could be in a particular network area. It's, I don't want to say fairly simple, but for the most part, it makes planning much easier. Cell towers can be dynamic. It's whoever's in the area that happens to connect up and now their capacity or their network utilization can spike all over the place. Based oh, it's on- like going to a sporting event and trying to upload that picture in the middle of the event <laughs> going, hey, there's the first down. And you're like, all right, I'll do this from home later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is a perfect example is a sporting event. And that's that's the strength of, of our service is that in bringing those services into the home, we're not going to be vulnerable 
to those type of events that happen. It's funny, I had, a, yeah. I had a buddy that was looking at going over to that cell tower type internet connection. And he goes, what happens when the power goes out? I said, okay, man, let's have an honest conversation. Yes, the cable goes out with the power comes out sometimes. But have you ever tried to text a picture or get online when the power's out for more than a couple hours in your area? Yeah, everybody's using their phone. And I can't even get text messages out of my home just because the local cell tower, and I'm on AT&T, it's full disclosure. If the power's out for more than an hour, me getting on there using any kind of data, forget about it. It's done. <laughs> yeah, so sure. it, it ain't going to help you, man. It ain't going to help you. <laughs> well, Eric, you let me know if you need help getting on Xfinity Mobile. I'm more than happy to help you. Yeah, I got to <laughs> do that one these days. Help me. In, in full disclosure, I am completely trapped in with those guys right now. And, and I just have a lot of, I'm going to have to pay a couple cell phones off because Apple's got me doing my payments on that thing. I'm just going to have to buy those out and get over there. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, how it's and I got to pay a couple grand to get out of that. And it's just, it's been low on my list, but I'm paying too much. I know that right now. But uh, network reliability is something I'm really proud of because that's certainly my wheelhouse. My team is not only do we maintain the network, we're hyper-focused on reliability. And when the power goes out, I highly suggest if you have at home, buy UPS for your modem, right? Mm-hmm. And that will last long. Our network will stay on from many hours when the power is out and we harden our network with generators. And and so network reliability is extremely important to us. And when you have power events, I highly suggest getting a UPS. That way your modem stays online. It should always stay online even when a power event on because of how we harden our network. So that's what I have right now. And it works really well for that because and I had a situation where it didn't, but we were out for five days. And so it was a whole different system of everything was down and we had telephone poles down. So it was, it was a way different problem. It wasn't just a, wasn't just somebody hit a a power pole and it's out for six hours. This was ice storm and it, there was 40 poles down around the neighborhood. So that kind of a different program. (laughs) Mother nature thing getting at us again, Eric. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Roy, what do you think of the future here? And maybe not so much with Comcast Xfinity, but what do you see out there and just your opinion On technology, where do you see this going in the next five years or so? So much is changing, and I love what I see. Yeah, it's not so much the speed and to Comcast, but I think it's how how AI and everything is going to start interacting with our cars, with our vehicles. And sometimes it can be scary to some folks because there's privacy concerns with a lot of those things. But at the end of the day, I, I think technology is going to lead us to a place that's going to enable people to do whatever they, they're wanting to do in life. And really, I think technology, the strength of technology, it can not only make us more productive, it can, it can save lives. There's I know that a lot of folks are talking about self-driving vehicles and trucks on the road that don't have a driver and they're self-driving. And while the early adopters are learning along the way, Tesla and a couple of other companies been testing self-driving vehicles, there's always going to be incidents that they're going to have to learn from. And sometimes you try to avoid the most unfortunate ones where somebody dies as a result. But those learnings propel it even further and the technology just gets better and better. And if you think about, just let's say, look at road incidents, yeah. I can see car accidents just about being a thing of the past when you have the technology that can self-drive itself, like inf- infrared, right? Yeah. You can see infrared, but a car can. So you can drive, yep. a car can drive through fog, no problem. It can yeah. see fine. And human eyes are a little limited to that, obviously. 
So I think things like that is what gets me excited about the future. And it's easy to dwell on the negative because there's a lot of negative in the news, but there's a lot of positive things happening with technology that it's going to solve a lot of things that's been, I guess you could say, plaguing humanity for quite some time. Yeah, I've got, I've been, some of my smart home stuff uses AI and I love it. It's, uh, it works well. And on your self-driving car note, living in the Portland area here, Oregon, I see sometimes, it's been probably a year, but during COVID I would see it. But Kenworth was testing there because their big headquarters and stuff is here in the Northwest, of course, and they have a big truck factory here in Portland. So I was seeing them testing their self-driving semi-trucks. So I'd see a guy on the right-hand side in the passenger seat that had a backup controls, but I'd see a truck drive around with nobody in the driver's seat. And it was like, oh, there's a guy over there. And that said self-driving truck, they were testing it. But I was like, oh, that's wild. Okay. That's a thing. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, you're right. And you think about it, all these things. And another thing, I travel a lot too. And that is one of the things, and to give you guys props as well, is I'll be traveling around and I used to be, and I'm out of town, I'd have to, okay, where's a McDonald's so I can go grab a Wi-Fi or something like that to get an email. And your network, if I'm in a town where you guys are existing, and that's out of your guys' control, but sometimes you're in a different town that doesn't have, maybe they're a Cox or whatever out there, some of the other guys out there that are good, but I can roll up and go, oh, cool, hotspot, bam. And that works really well. And so it's been handy over the time traveling. And sometimes the hotel has a horrible connection, but there's an Xfinity hotspot I can grab. I don't have to mess with it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the trade-offs that we have with our incumbent network versus fiber to the home. Because of all those outdoor, we call them outdoor APs, access points. It's essentially outdoor Wi-Fi that you can get as a consumer. All those things need to be powered. And it's much easier to power those devices on our legacy network than if it was fiber to the home. Just because, Mm -hmm. not that you can't do it, but it just makes it more expensive to do it. Yeah. And and so that's one of the things that we get with our network. We just put some outdoor APs out there. And I see all the time I go to restaurants. And of course, I know what I'm looking at. Like, oh, I got an outdoor AP out here. I can get online on Wi-Fi and save on my data plan on the other side. So... Well, that's what I was doing when I had to send my show out because when we had that ice storm in my area here, I had my show ready to upload to the satellite for all of you guys out there to catch us on the radio. And I'm like, okay. So I drove across town with my laptop into yeah. an area that didn't get the ice storm and just grabbed one of those access points and boom, fast, went up, got it done, came back and went, that worked awesome. And so even in a natural disaster, that was very helpful to me because <laughs> there's no way I'd been sitting there at McDonald's for two hours trying to get that done. So that was handy. Yeah. And so it's, it's great with that kind of stuff. And you guys too, I can't imagine dealing with natural disasters like the hurricanes in Florida. You guys are building this network out, but then all of a sudden you get a region that just gets hammered like that. And then you got to go back and put it back together. Yeah. And I'm really proud of our, of our technicians that are on the field. They are they're the heroes of our network. Many times they're out into two in the morning getting fiber cuts from car accidents up back up and running. They're the un, unsung heroes. A lot of folks see the power company out there, but we're a fast follow right behind it to, to repair it. And and I can tell you this last windstorm that we went through up here in Washington, we got our network up extremely quick. In fact, a lot many times we were up sometimes even before the power company got back up. And yep. so and we're waiting around for them at 
wondering when they're going to get power back to our main line so we can get our areas off a generator. But when I monitor some of the comments on social media on some of our competitors, they weren't so <laughs> eloquent at getting their network back on in a timely fashion. Let's put it that way. The company really is serious about the reliability. And when we do have outages and Mother Nature is going to do her thing, and but it's all how you respond to it and how quickly you get to it and get every get everybody back online as quick as, and safely as possible. So funny you say that. I was going to I was going to wasn't going to tell the story, but it was funny before we go here, but I ended up when we had that big storm, you guys were up and running. It was no big deal after power kicked on. It was running. It was great. No problems. My neighbor who is on a competitor network in my area, can I, I got a meeting today. Can I borrow your Wi-Fi password? And I'm like, yeah, man, you're cool. So <laughs> he was days later before his fiber was up running. And yeah. so it was days before he had that. And he'd already been down for five or six. So it was brutal. Yeah. And everything has trade-offs, Eric. While fiber architecture is desirable for when it gets cut, fast to repair. I can tell you that. Oh man, it's uh, like weaving a blanket. I could probably. Uh, I used to be a tech in the field. That's what I. That's what All I right. started in this industry as. I can splice coax and have it back up and running in little, probably less than thirty minutes. The fiber takes time. That's a six-hour um, job weaving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Depending on how fiber is architected, we. we because of how you have to splice it, you have to have slack, and so you have to. Sometimes you have to go back hundreds of feet to go find slack just to splice. And that can take time. Yeah. Depending on how big a fiber got cut, it could take, I've seen outages take over eight hours easy. But if you don't have the workforce and you don't have the mindset of, hey, this needs to be fixed, sometimes our competitors deprioritize certain repairs and don't get to them for a while. And we don't. Yeah. We treat every outage with the seriousness of we need to get this on within this time frame, we'll get to it. And the only time we can't get it on back on quickly is when there's a safety issue present down power lines. Yep. Our folks have to wait for the power company to do their thing. But for fast follow, we're sitting there out there on idle, waiting for them to get done. You done yep. it? You done it? Because we want to get to work. <laughs> can you get that hot power line off the ground for us so we can get some work done? Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Roy, what did we not touch on today? Did we miss anything? I think one thing that is also unique about our company is our investment in our in, the, in our community. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that a lot of folks don't know a lot about our company, but we invest a lot in the RISE program and in, in parts of our community that folks probably just don't know a whole lot about. We have Internet Essentials, so we provide high-speed internet to a lot of low-income families that Amen. afford to get online, and especially during COVID, we provided so many, so many high connections for low-income families. That's one thing that I'm really proud of our company for is, mm -hmm. is their investment in the community. So that's one thing I want to make sure that your 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 listening team knows is that we're invested in the community, and it's not we're not rolling out 10G just to affluent neighborhoods or where we think we can get the most connects. This is we're bringing it to everybody. And that includes communities that, that need our help. And so that's what I'm really proud about with this company is an investment in the community. Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for coming on today. When we get a little closer to rolling this out, I want to invite you back in and we'll talk a little bit more about the details when, when this goes live across the country. Well, Eric, I'd love to come back on when we turn up our first multi-gigabit, our first 10G next year, will be next year. 
Yep. At least on our legacy network. And by the way, yep. our we're already multi-gigabits symmetrical on our and our fiber to the home networks that we have already nice. deployed. So I'd be happy to come back and spend some time with you, Eric. We'll do it. Roy Novacell, Comcast Xfinity. Thanks for coming on today, brother. Thanks, Eric. You have a great one. You too, man. I'm Eric G, and you've been listening to Around the House. That's somewhere unseen, undiscovered, anywhere beyond the mean. Love is a love song. Let's be lovers. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.